Hello, so welcome to another episode of the About Me podcast. Today I've got a friend on the podcast to talk about FND and um, just a trigger warning, we will be discussing symptoms of FND and mental health. So if you're not comfortable or find these topics challenging, this podcast might not be for you right now. Katie, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Katie. I'm 36 have FND. Um, I've got two children and I work part-time when I'm able to work. <laughs> okay so FND as we both know is functional neurological disorder. Are you okay to just talk about what symptoms you have? Yeah so I got diagnosed in March 2020. Woke up one morning and just was bed bound basically. Couldn't do anything felt really sick, couldn't eat. I'd got like a fuzzy feeling um, all over my head and my body. I thought it was just viral. So sort of plodded on a few days later, ended up ringing 111 because I really felt really unwell. Went to an out of hours service and they checked me over and just said, it's viral, go home, rest, drink plenty of fluid. So this episode lasted about six weeks. Then after that six weeks, I was fine until October. So no symptoms at all. Then October, the same thing happened again. But this time I woke up and the right side of my face was numb, my right leg and all this fuzzy feeling. So I spoke to the GP who said he'd referred me to neurology. In the meantime, I ended up in A&E with stroke-like symptoms. Went there, they checked me over and said, your GP's done the right thing, um, we'll push it through and we'll get you an MRI scan. This is looking like it could be MS. So yeah, bed bound again for another six weeks and I've not been right since. This is quite a common thing and I know we've both discussed it because we're in similar groups of when you are diagnosed with FND, you're kind of told to go on your way and if your MRI scan appears clear, it's almost like, what are you complaining about? How did you feel when you got the diagnosis? At first, I thought, great, I've got a diagnosis. I know what it is. I'm not dying because, you know, that was my that was my fear. I think, you know, I felt so ill. I just thought, what what is this? Got given a website, got sent away. Thought, right, okay, I'll I'll get better. The symptoms continued, new symptoms came along, facial spasms, spasms in my legs, leg weakness to the point where I couldn't feel my legs um, and struggled to walk, fatigue, and no help was available. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's probably why a lot of us join the FND groups because we have nowhere else to go. and. Again, the famous website that's probably given globally, it's a starting point, but I just don't find it very helpful that you've got a debilitating condition and everyone just goes, here's the website, off you go, you're the expert. In terms of now, so you got diagnosed in March 2020, what a year. <laughs> How have you adjusted? I think I've, now that I've accepted it, I... I cope better so I think mentally I'm in a better place whereas when I wasn't sure mentally I was in a really bad place 
But equally, I still have it. And I've tried everything that mm -hmm. was suggested. I've tried one-to-one -one yoga. I've tried meditation. I've been for EMDR. I've had hypnosis. I've tried herbal remedies to help with pain and fatigue. But Katie, I've have you tried being positive? <laughs> yeah. So I've tried everything advised and actually still I'm no better. Yeah. Other than mentally, I cope better. But I think when I'm in a big flare up, my mood goes really low. I think I've tried everything. What more can I do? There's no one else that can help me and I've done everything advised. So I have to just plod along and get caught from, you know, from you guys in the group that understand. Yeah. And I think the keyword there was acceptance. And for me, and I know when we started talking and you were like, why haven't you told anyone? And I was like, I'm not telling anyone. I can't. And you were just like, how are you getting support? And I was like, there's like four or five people who know and I'm not telling anyone. You just couldn't seem to work, work out why I wasn't telling anyone. And now I look back and I should have. And I just couldn't accept it. I couldn't accept being someone ill because I had never really been ill. And I was yeah. just like, because of the way I got treated at A&E, and through the medical practices, I just almost felt like I couldn't justify being ill, even though I did feel like I was dying at points and going to A&E. It was the humiliation and I thought, could I really deal with this from the rest of the world? It wasn't until last year in January that I actually said, I am ill. And then I told someone and then I told someone else. And then I watched something on Netflix called Brain on Fire. and I. I watched that and I went, oh my God, this is exactly what everyone with an invisible illness goes through. And I sent it to people and said, oh, have you seen this? Yeah, that's what I have, like very similar experience. And they were like, oh, okay. But to the point where now I just, I have it. And I just tell people, yeah, this is what I have. And although not everyone's in my life who was in my life before FND, I feel like I'm in a better place. With all the things that you've tried, is there one thing that works better than the other? Taking turmeric's help with my joint pain, definitely. And hypnosis, I think that helped me cope better. That put me in a better mental place. As for anything else, I think trial and error and then disappointment. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> really morbid, that doesn't it? But there's there's just nothing. <laughs> and I have to say. Katie and I are not medical experts, just a disclaimer. So whatever we recommend or suggest, um, it's just based on trial and error. And I think one of the good things about having these three are that you can sort of see what other people have tried as well. So I would never have got a weighted blanket. I never knew what one was. And then I got it and I was like, yep, that's helping me with the spasms, CBD, foam rolling. It's like other people who are ill will try everything that they can to get rid of the pain whereas your GP and specialists won't say you tried foam rolling you tried heat patches a tense machine it really is having that support network another thing that I struggled with when I had FND well still have it is almost like my identity so for me not having a career or work was quite a big thing and 
people constantly were asking me, oh, what are you up to? You must be thriving because you have an online business. And I felt like I couldn't explain why I wasn't really working. You mentioned you work part-time. How does F&D affect your role? It affects my role a lot because I work at the um, children's hospital. So I'm on my feet a lot. I do two and a half days, but I've just been referred to occupational health. Um, I'm struggling more and more with work. If if I could get some help financially, I might have to look at reducing my hours again. Work are supportive and do help, but sometimes people seem to think it's anxiety and maybe don't always know exactly what F&D is, I feel. And I do hide it quite well. That's my problem. I sort of plod along and get on with it. And then unfortunately then on my days off, I'm really unwell. So I've sort of come to the point where I'm thinking, is this work-life balance right? Because if I'm working really hard at work and then not being able to enjoy my days off, is it the right thing to continue working? But equally, I can't afford not to. Yeah. I think that's one of the things like when you say you hide it well, same. A lot of people say to me, especially on TikTok, you look far too healthy to be ill. And I'm like, you really don't understand invisible illnesses exist. And just because I may have been severe last year or the year before, I still experience the pain every day. Like I've had back pain for over two years now. And anyone else would have back pain and for like two weeks they'd be ill and they'd get sympathy but when it's long term it seems to be ongoing how do you sort of mentally deal with that amongst family friends and colleagues Mm. (laughs) not very well (laughs) yeah I just I like to just plot I don't like people to think I'm not coping yeah um but equally I think since having psychotherapy, which I, you know, I had to pay for privately because I am on the NHS list, but that's, you know, 18 months to two year wait, as we know, you, you have to talk to people to get that support. Otherwise, you you know, you, you wouldn't cope, but equally people that haven't got F&D don't fully understand. And that's, that's what's hard. They can say, oh, you know, poor you, you're feeling rubbish today, but they don't get it. Yeah, and I I strongly agree with that. And that's why I created that group with us in the Sheffield gang, because I was just like, so which specialists have you seen? Because I think friends and family can sometimes mean well, but you can either get the ones who are ignorant or the ones who are over-sympathetic. Like, put your feet up, watch Netflix, and you're like, for how long? The rest of my life? (laughs) Because it's not a two-week thing. Like, I'm not on holiday when I have this illness. It's debilitating like sometimes I can't walk in a straight line I'm like dropping the floor and especially when people are accusing you of making it up I think I found that really challenging as someone who's not really had any medical care like why would I make something up that doesn't benefit me like financially at all yeah it's not a business out of it but you know me dropping on the floor in A&E isn't getting me anywhere in life (laughs) you know it's holding me back and I couldn't get my head around it when they were just like oh you know if you just stop making it up and I was like 
I'm not making it up like and it took energy out of me um being really angry at all these specialists you're also a mop and you've got FND how do you cope with that because we're obviously still in a global pandemic and there's been a lot of homeschooling I mean I have a rabbit that relies on me and that's about it (laughs) Um, how do you sort of deal with all of that it's difficult um in the in the first lockdown my husband was furloughed so that that really helped and that's when I was bed bound I was literally upstairs for six weeks so my husband had to do all the homeschooling and look after me you know I couldn't I couldn't make a meal second lockdown he was working I was working you can only do what you can do and I've had a lot of times where I felt guilty as a mum because on my days off or on weekends I can't take the boys out and do things sometimes and that's that's caused me a lot of guilt a lot of guilt and you know other people say oh they understand they know you love them this that and the other but it that's a lot to put on a child to actually understand and I do try not to talk about it too much in front of the boys but equally I've made them aware what invisible illness is and my oldest son actually did like a project at school and he chose FND and did like a presentation which I thought was really lovely amazing Um, and I gave him one of the booklets that FND Hope provided so that was nice but it's hard it's hard as a mum because that's when I get a bit bitter about going to work because I'm at work and then when I should be spending time with my boys I can't do things sometimes yeah that, that's really hard yeah I can only imagine and I think it's amazing that your son went and did that that hopefully the awareness he's getting now will help him in his future because you'd be surprised at some of the ignorant comments that you get from adults like just go be happy or if you ignore your symptoms they'll go away and just be positive like I hate that line just like yeah. that does not get rid of your symptoms so if you're listening and someone ever talks to you about an invisible illness being positive not going to get rid of your pain no I get that um where people say why, why have you had a flare-up what are you stressed about this week I'm like I don't know it's just come yeah but something stressed you out because it's, it's caused through stress and anxiety and I'm like but no like I've had a lovely week, like we've had Christmas. It's been happy, it's been nice, but I'm exhausted and I feel unwell. I've not had any stress, mm. you know? People's perception frustrates me and sometimes I, f- I feel like it's it's ignorant. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I think ig- ignorance and I guess for me, I think that comes from the media as well and representation. So I had never heard of FND until I got it. And it was like, here's your prize, FND. And I was like, what, what's FND? Oh, it's nothing serious. You'll be all right in three weeks. It's been like two years now. I don't see it in films that much or on TV. There's been a few documentaries and I know there's a lot of charities campaigning. However, I think mental health is one thing but like invisible illnesses and chronic illnesses aren't often in tv shows like at all um what are your thoughts on that well it certainly helped raise awareness wouldn't it 
I almost feel like though, if if I'd said to people, oh, I've been diagnosed with MS, people would react differently. And actually it's the same symptoms. Mm. So that that affects people, but you you don't hear a lot about it. I'd never heard about it before. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the biggest problems, isn't it? If it was on TV programmes, if it was on the radio, if if people could read about it, if it became, you know, another normal thing then there wouldn't be so much ignorance Mm. maybe there needs to be some sort of promotion in regards to raising awareness you know within tv programs and films and things it's on my list katie don't you worry (laughs) Um, but your next your next task (laughs) i and i think yeah because it's it's really hard because i have to say to people my symptoms used to mimic brain tumours, MS, Parkinson's disease, epilepsy, and I almost have to act it out. And even to neurologists, I would have to sort of say, and I used to drop like this. And then I started filming my symptoms. So when I had my appointments, I was like, oh, this is what happens. Because it was getting exhausting. I was then mimicking my symptoms again and giving them to myself. So I was like, that's not a good idea. But it was almost having to prove to people um, and that's why I make the TikTok videos as well, like, don't say this, don't say that. And hopefully one day someone, if they ever get diagnosed with it, can go, oh, I'm not alone. Because I feel like it's a very isolating illness. And yeah. with other illnesses like MS, there's pathways. I almost know a lot, quite a few celebrities with MS. Whereas with FND, it's like, what's that? FND, what? Like, what even is that? So I'm just like representation does matter yeah I think um a pathway that's definitely one thing that helps so many people because mm. I think the worst thing is being told you've got it given the website and then goodbye whereas if there was a pathway certain things would have to be done and if people don't know about it you don't know what to ask for either you know like some people have been diagnosed and they've not even had an MRI scan yeah or you know so some people just when you've not heard of it you just don't know what you need or you know whereas if there was a a pathway the professionals would have to follow that specific pathway and everybody would get the same care and and the correct treatment I think that makes a huge difference so going on to the fact like most people don't know what to do or some are just really on it and yeah and if they live in London it seems to help how did you get to the point of accepting your illness because everyone goes through their own journey how did you actually accept it I think for me was when I had my second MRI with contrast and of my spine because I was convinced I had MS or a brain tumor so my first MRI was clear and it was like right that's it you know and then went back to my neurologist and said look things are getting worse new symptoms are coming and he then agreed to do a second MRI with contrast and I thought right that's you know, that's double checking everything there. Um, and I also had a nerve conduction test. And what's the other thing that goes with a nerve conduction? Um, they put little needles in and sort of send a shot. EMG. EMG. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, nerve conduction and EMG. So I felt like I'd had, m- my whole body had been looked at. That's what I felt like. So I think then I was like, right, okay. There's nothing, nothing to be seen. 
So this has got to be what it is. And then I think once I'd accepted that, then had the psychotherapy and hypnotherapy to help me then deal with the diagnosis. Mm. That's when I, I fully accepted it. But that was probably, you know, that was a year after symptoms began, really. So it was a, a long journey and a stressful, worrying time for, for me and my family. Yeah, I have to say, yeah, it took me around a year to accept it. And I also went to private therapy. My therapist is great. I did try CBT like three times, but it didn't work for me. And I just used my savings and thought no one else is pretty much helping or they don't know what's going on and we're just reading leaflets. What can I control? And I just thought, well, I'm just about accepting it. How do I accept it? And my therapist is great. And we've been through a journey and I actually felt like I had like a mini team with me, with her and then my PT and stuff like that. And I think when people used to say to me, you've got to accept it, you've got to accept it. I was like, don't tell me what to do. You're, you're not living my life like a victim sort of mindset. Did, um, didn't really help, but actually saying I've got it. So we talked about a lot of, I suppose, hurtful things maybe that have happened. People have said, is there anything that you've sort of discovered from FND? Now, I don't want to be one of those people who are like, oh, my illness is a gift and it's changed who I am. But is there anything good or are there any silver linings for you? I think it's made me understand other people with invisible illnesses a lot more. Mm. I was ever, not that I would ever comment or judge, but you just don't, you know, you can look at someone and they can look amazing, but you just don't know what's going on. And I think that I appreciate that more. I also appreciate my good days. You know, it's bad days are bad days and they're horrific, but good days when I feel like I can do something and I feel like the old me and not, you know, that is, I appreciate time and, and friends and family. And also I think going through this has shown whether friends are true friends. 100%. You know, it's like, friends that can message you do you want to do this do you want to do that and you sort of constantly saying I can't I'm unwell and then eventually people like that get fed up Mm. true friends stay by you and say actually I know you can't meet me today but I'll come to you and I'll make us a cup of tea and so I think and and family you know like my mum's been and helped do some housework and I think it makes you appreciate what you have what you have got and who real true friendships are and and also appreciate people like Dawn that does FND Hope you know that's doing the group because Mm. without that let's face it we would all be lost because that's where we all get together and we all understand each other so I think I'm grateful for things like that. 100% I think I was living a very go go work lifestyle travel the world I will do everything I can and I'll Put my body through hell hiking mountains for five days and mm. I look at those pictures and I was like my god you lived a very good privileged life but mm. like I went for a walk yesterday for like an hour and then I had to sit on the bench for about half an hour to recover but I just appreciated that I could have that moment again 
yeah even though it's adjusted and I'm not going to be on my feet for five or six hours I just appreciated it and I took my camera out whereas when I was diagnosed and I was bed bound I couldn't just take my cameras and my drone out to the peaks and hike like that wasn't happening and I ended up like envying my old lifestyle and anyone that I saw like hiking I was almost like I, well if I can't do it I don't want to see other people doing it whereas now I'm a bit more okay it doesn't have to be a bad life like other things can come out of it and my circle is still very small <laughs> when I was a business person and woman in tech shaler traveler I just felt like I had a lot of people around me yeah. whereas now I'm just like I'll just keep those few gems and as an introvert people do drain me so I'm more respectful of my time and I do have more boundaries I say no a lot more whereas yeah. before I'd be like people pleasing oh no this person wants to go out I'll drop everything but when you don't get that in return I think you just start to put up those healthier boundaries yeah absolutely absolutely so say if someone has been diagnosed with FND and they happen to come across this episode what would you say that person should do oh wow that's (laughs) that's a difficult one that person needs to make sure they've got the correct diagnosis so I'd say go on the neurosymptoms website I know that's what we're given make sure like things have been they say it's not a ruling out diagnosis don't they FND but I feel like it kind of is but yeah it's just just about getting absolutely everything checked getting your blood checked getting your scans getting everything and then the biggest thing is acceptance and telling people in your life about it and getting that support as soon as possible it's difficult isn't it to say to tell people what to do because we, we've been there haven't we and been like oh but, yeah. yeah and I think don't be afraid to get another opinion yeah. because you know what your GP says doesn't have to go especially if they tell you you're making it up don't be afraid to leave the practice and get help and I think joining in the support groups like FND Hope there's also functional neurological disorder and there's a few hobby groups as well for people with FND so don't be afraid to join those and they're quite respectful you don't have to put your video on or audio you can just listen to other people and it's a great place to vent because I never vented at the start whereas then I had people to say my GP said this and it was the first time I had oh me too I know what you're talking about whereas before it was around other people it was like well the specialists have said you're okay so you must be okay and I was like no I'm not so just having that support network and learning from what works and what doesn't work I think is so much helpful and I have to say just if you can get private therapy and find a good therapist do it I used my savings on it and it literally saved my life and getting help is is not a sign of weakness at all no not yeah I think I agree I think just having someone that understands is just such a weight lifter isn't it definitely thank you so much for your time Katie I really appreciate it and I look forward to your journey as well and I know you've campaigned as well especially across the city in Yorkshire for FND to be heard so well done for that thank you for having me on thank you